As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you to this podcast. We have been offering these online services for you every week since the first lockdown began back in March 2020, and we shall continue to do so, particularly since the guidelines relating to live services can still change at short notice. Each service combines archive recordings of our choir and congregational singing with newly recorded readings, intercessions and sermons. Whatever happens, we would like you to know that we keep a candle burning before the altar here every day as a sign of hope, and we give thanks for you all. May the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. May I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the second Sunday before Lent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, 
that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy Lord. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou then, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament reading is taken from Genesis chapter 2, beginning at the fourth verse. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, there is Bdellium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon, the same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hiddekel, that is it which goeth towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast in the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made him woman and he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now the bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks.
The New Testament reading is taken from Luke, chapter 8, beginning at the 22nd verse. And now it came to pass on a certain day that Jesus went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, Son of God Most High? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the things that I love about the creation accounts in the book of Genesis is the way in which, through the medium of story, they manage to nail, with extraordinary accuracy, wisdom and insight, some of the most profound truths about human beings. Let me explain what I mean by this. Most of us are very familiar with the creation story with which the book of Genesis, and indeed the whole of our Old Testament, begins, in which we are told how, systematically, over the course of six days, God brought into being the whole of creation, the heavens and the earth, and every living creature, culminating on the sixth day in human beings, who emerge as the very pinnacle of that sequence of mighty acts, made in the very image of God, male and female, and they are granted dominion over all living things. But this is followed immediately by another rather different creation story, part of which we heard as our first reading this evening, a story which begins by telling us how Adam, the first man, was formed out of the dust of the earth. I don't know if it's ever struck you how interesting it is that the Bible begins with not one but two creation stories, a juxtaposition that seems to me to be highly significant. Because taken together, these two very different stories and what they tell us about human beings, provide us with an extremely instructive lens through which to view and interpret pretty well everything else that follows in the whole of Scripture, because together they identify an extraordinary tension that resides at the very heart of human life, which is this. On the one hand, we are the most amazing creatures, made in the very image of God, and we are indeed richly blessed. We are capable of the most astounding acts of creativity, bringing, bringing into being breathtaking works of art, sublime pieces of music, the power and subtleties of language. We are capable of extraordinary acts of generosity and love and compassion. But at the same time, and on the other hand, we must never forget that we are also made of mud, the most base and unpromising of materials that there is. And as that second creation account unfolds, we discover, as we hear the story of the fall, that human beings are also capable of the most astounding acts of crass stupidity, short-sightedness and self-centeredness. The Garden of Eden was a paradise in which human beings lived at one with nature and at one with God. A place where not only were all their needs met, but where they knew nothing but peace and harmony, certainly no shame or guilt. And this paradise was lost because they succumbed to the illusion 
that they could possess even more than they already had. And so it was that the seeds of discontent were sown within their breasts. The forbidden fruit was eaten, and all was taken from them. It strikes me that the most significant characteristic of human beings is not that some of us are good and others bad, but rather that all human beings are a complex jumble of both. It is generally the case that there is some bad in the best of us and some good in the worst of us. St Paul himself, one of our most famous saints, of course, knew this inner struggle all too well when he said in Romans 7.19 For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Or, to put it in more theological terms and along a different kind of trajectory, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. That insight about the two sides to our natures must surely shape the way in which we see our fellow human beings. And it is perhaps an insight that we would do well to remember. There is always so much that is divisive within our society and indeed throughout our world. And in recent times I can't help feeling that the forces that divide us from one another have never been stronger. We have witnessed startling levels of violence and aggression in the domestic politics both sides of the Atlantic. We have seen shocking incidents of anti-Semitism and racial abuse far too close to home. And the world news often feels like a catalogue of unimaginable cruelty and inhumanity how far we have strayed from the beings that God created us to be. I can remember Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, now sadly deceased, once observing the paradox that Genesis tells us that we are made in the image of God, whereas in Jewish and indeed Christian tradition, God by definition has no image. And the inescapable conclusion that he drew from that is the fact that there can never be any human being of whom it can be said, you are not in the image of God, nor that some are closer to God's image than others. Because regardless of our colour, ethnic background, orientation or level of physical well-being, we are all beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God. For Christians, there is a further stage to this, however, because we affirm that in Christ we do at last finally see the image of the invisible God. And what form does that image take? For me, it is encapsulated in the oil painting that hangs directly above our high altar here at St Bride's. It is the image of the crucified Christ, the Messiah whose love for the world led him to give his life for the world, that the whole world might be set free 
from all those things that separate us from the God who created us and who loves us. Our first collect this evening not only takes us back to the wonder of that first creation story, reminding us that we are all made in the image of God, but it also challenges us to remember that, as followers of Christ, we are charged to discern the imprint of God's love in everything that he has made and to see his likeness in all our brothers and sisters, whoever and whatever and wherever they are. Almighty God, who hast created the heavens and the earth and hast made us in thine own image, Teach us to discern thy hand in all thy works and thy likeness in all thy children. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord, your disciples cried to you in distress. Hear your church when faith falters and the waves threaten to overwhelm. Still the clamour of anxious doubts. We ask for your blessing on the leaders of your holy churches and especially on Justin and Stephen, our archbishops, Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. We pray also today for the Anglican Church of Burundi, for Martin Neoboho, Archbishop and Bishop of Makamba. In our own diocese, we pray for the Westminster Paddington Deanery, for Paul Thomas, Area Dean, and for the Deanery Synod and its staff. We pray also for the leaders of the nations. We ask that you would give wisdom and imagination as they face challenges that look unbearable. We pray especially for our Queen, for our government, and for members of Parliament. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, prayer. our prayer. Lord, you chose fishermen to be among your closest companions. Be with all who sail the seas. We continue to pray for all in our health system at this time and for journalists around the world and especially those who are in harm's way in the course of their duties. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our prayer. Lord, when the wind blows and the storm gathers, Speak your words of peace. Breathe into our despair your calm and tranquil presence. We pray for all affected by the COVID pandemic. We pray for families as they struggle with the demands of homeschooling for all who face financial hardship, for those who are unwell at this time or whose care is disrupted. Give rest to the weary and hope to all who suffer. Lord, in thy mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Lord, there is no disaster that you cannot redeem. Give life to all over whom the waters of death have closed. We pray for the recently departed and for those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord. Let light perpetual shine upon them. Bring us to rejoice in your salvation. Lord, in thy mercy, 
hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, prayers for the sake of thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.